Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 63 of the Dante Alavante podcast. I can't believe it's episode 63. I'm doing an intro this week because uh, things are opening up, right? Things are coming back to normal. I feel semi-normal again. I am I am DJing this weekend. And uh, if you are seeing this, I DJed last weekend, but I didn't do an intro because this is all happening so fast. But I am back in Ventura at the saloon uh, from 9 o'clock to like close. I think they're going to close around 1130. I don't know what time we're closing, but it probably won't be. So start times like at like 9. Um We'll see, man. This is my first time DJing uh, in public since the start of the pandemic, 2020. I DJed um, on March. I think I DJed like March 14th, like the weekend before the lockdown, before it was just supposed to be two weeks. I was out there and it was crazy. And there's a lot of people in front of me and I'm very lucky I didn't get sick, but I am fully vaccinated. If uh, you haven't had the chance, go get vaccinated. Uh, very important if you want to continue to live your life. Don't listen to Joe Rogan. Don't listen to what he says. He does not know what the fuck he's talking about. I feel great. Um, I don't. I don't feel bad. I think the side effects, like that. Okay, it's it's different for everyone, of course. But my side effects felt like a hangover. Like that's not that bad. And uh, it was it was lasted a day. It, it by the end of the night, I felt like way better. And um, yeah. Who cares? And I fell in love with Pedialyte. I added Pedialyte to my writer. I feel like it's pretty good. I don't know. You tell me what you think. Is Pedialyte good? Or is it just because, I don't know, I'm fucking weird or something. But yeah, so I'm back at the saloon this Friday and this Saturday. Uh, come on out if you're vaccinated. If if you're ready to party, come party. I don't know if you actually you're allowed to dance. I think fo- fo- uh, Footloose rules apply uh, at the saloon. I'm not sure if you're allowed to dance, but you're allowed to come chill. I think I'm gonna just play some like you know low key uh, music. I'm not gonna play the hits, which is great. And also, it's all vinyl and no requests. I'm making that very clear no requests do not come up to me and ask me questions do not walk up to my table uh i bought a new pa so i'm excited to use my new pa and uh uh, yeah no just don't talk to the dj don't talk to these musicians or artists who are we're just trying to get back out there again and we're just trying to keep our little industry moving shows are being announced i'm seeing that right now like like tennis, uh, uh, I can't name all the other bands, but tennis was like the first one. But like all these people are announcing shows in October. Are you ready to go back to a show in October? Think about that. Are you ready? I think I'm ready. I'm nervous. I'm trying to book a show. I want to bring someone to Santa Barbara. Like, you know, I, I in Santa Barbara, I think we have like a, two new venues. We have the Music Alley and then something called Backstage. I don't know what either of those places are. I haven't been to a single show there yet. But if there's more options, that's really great. But if not, then, you know, we'll hang at Soho. We'll play another show at Soho soon. It's just it's so wild, man, to think that we're on the that we're on the opposite side of this. You know, I, I keep saying this on this podcast, but like but like. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. We're almost there. Just keep pushing. And it's been a while. I think I said that in December. I said there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's April now. It's going to be May. It's May now. By the time you're watching this, it's May. 
And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I think we're almost done. Just be patient. Um, shows are going to continue. Get the vax. Ugh, DJing again. Uh, we dropped a new shirt. Go check it out. It's the Call Me on the Phone Ringer Tee. It's orange with the orange collar. I'll put it up uh, on the screen somewhere. And you can buy those at Hello Merch. Always linked in the bio uh, of the YouTube video and probably anywhere else you're listening. Because if you're listening to the audio, then it's out there. HelloMerch.com. Search through Don Telefonte and you can find that. We also did a uh, Never Trust a Junkie hoodie. That's awesome. And then we're also... We still have some copies of the first shirt we did. I'll have all three of those up there if you want to go buy them. That'd be great to support the band in these strange times. Um, Yeah, I really love that Ringer tee. We got a lot of great response. I love everyone taking a photo and posting them on 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 ig and i can like share them that that stuff means a lot that means you bought them and aside from like the company telling me hey you sold out a large which we did we sold out a large a restock will be coming soon but uh it's nice to see people actually get excited and wear it and and i'm really really excited my buddy sean miller uh from chicago a designer from chicago uh i just messaged him and i had this idea and this and you know this idea came to me and in, in uh just like, you know, like any idea, like in the shower when you can finally unplug from the internet and just think random thoughts. I was like, oh, what if it was like a cell phone holding no, or like a phone? Maybe it's an old phone and it's holding, it's calling someone. Yeah. So we can make it look all 70s style. And uh, I feel like that might be might be it. And I think a lot of people I think a lot of people like it. It's been nice. It's been selling quick. Um, you know, I didn't make too many of them as I do a, a limited run of all my, my, my merch, but, uh, yeah, uh, get it now before I go on tour and, and it will be gone. Cause that's, what's, that's usually what happens. They, they usually fly when you hit the road, but I'm not on the road right now and I don't know when I'm going to be on the road. Um, I got a lot of questions this week on Instagram about that. I don't know when I'm going to be on the road. Um, hopefully soon or something i don't know i got i'm i have two to three songs i'm gonna start working on two to three new songs just to have something just so we can get the ball kind of rolling so i can kind of figure out what i'm doing here what is going on these are the questions um but yeah uh dante elefante podcast episode 63 i haven't even talked about who the guest is uh today's guest is johnny cosmo johnny cosmo has a new album coming out and uh, uh it's really great you should listen to it. Uh, my buddy Thomas from Mr. Elevator is playing keys on this record. We talk about therapy. We talk about, you know, overcoming drug addiction, moving to L.A., self-recording, home recording. Uh, you know, the usual. Johnny Cosmo is just this crazy dude. He's not that crazy. He's actually very, very grounded. You'll hear from him. But, like, he has this crazy aesthetic and and he's wild. And and uh, his music is all over the place. It's so fucking rad. And if you haven't listened to Johnny Cosmo yet, go check him out. He's great. And uh, this is uh, episode 63 with him. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, enjoy the episode. Cool. Awesome. For having me on, yeah, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for being on the podcast, Johnny Cosmo. Yeah, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Are you in LA? I am. Yeah, I live in uh, I live in Highland Park. I've lived oh, here. Oh, cool. Yeah, I lived here for about seven years. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, yeah, which um. 
we don't have to say exactly where you live, but which side are you Figueroa side or York side? I, I'm on the Figueroa side. Yeah. I've lived it. Yeah. Same place. Seven years. Cool. Um, yeah. And I, I love this neighborhood a lot. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I'm originally from, um, the East coast and I oh, cool. moved out here about nine years ago for, uh, for music or East coast where in the East coast. I actually, I moved out here from Vermont. I was living up in Burlington, Vermont. Um, and, uh, I went to school up there and yeah, I came out here in 2011. Wow. Uh, and yeah. And, uh, I love it. I love That's it. awesome. So, yeah. Wait, so why was it for music? I'm sorry. I missed it. What, oh, what was the reason? Sorry. No, no. All good. I actually came out here cause my life was a complete trash can. I actually came out here for mental that. health reasons. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I went to rehab. Um, cool. and, uh, I went to rehab out here and then I kind of got like positively manipulated into staying and it was, it was definitely the best, uh, <laughs> decision for my life so totally. yeah so that's how i ended up in los angeles originally i didn't know anyone when i moved out here since i've moved out here i've had a lot of friends who have uh you know transplanted out here which is great but at the time back in uh yeah in, in 2011 i didn't know anyone right like and uh, I, I was playing a lot of music at the time but only in new england right and so um yeah, it was a huge growth process. L- L.A. can feel L.A. is so big, but it can feel so lonely, especially so if you don't lonely. know anyone. Like, oh yeah, oh thought, yeah. I'm when I moved, I was I was only there for a few years, but I felt like I was like, oh, I'll know people. Like, I see people every time I go to shows, and then I realized yeah. when I live there, I only see them at the shows. We don't yeah. hang out. We just no. like see yeah. each other at the shows. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. wild, man. Uh, uh. There's always some, did you find that like, you know, for me, I felt like even though, cause I, I left to LA cause I was just running away from my problems in Santa Barbara, but like, uh-huh. okay. It, you're from Santa Barbara. Gotcha. Yeah. I live in Santa Barbara right now. We could have done this in person. I don't know. I just got, I got no, the first vaccine shot, but like, whatever. We'll have yeah, to do this yeah. again in person. Cause I'm trying to get everyone I did on zoom again in person. <laughs> okay, like cool. Once this is all over with, but I, 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 I know, I but did you find that your problems followed you to LA or like you thought maybe you thought like after like oh this will get me away from everything but then you realize that oh wait actually there's inner work that needs to be done yeah. not just moving cities you know I always say Ruben I always say wherever you go whoop there you are yeah <laughs> and uh you know whoop here I am um but that's the truth I mean yeah I did find that it's like you know for me, a huge part of it was like, I'm a, I, I was a raging like heroin addict for mm-hmm. like, years. and, uh, and so when I came to Los Angeles, which, um, you know, was a place so far removed from my environment, there was something about like that environmental shakeup that, mm. you know, created a space for me to have those, that internal work and internal reflection. Like, I feel like had I stayed in the environment I was in, uh, I, it would have been a lot harder. I needed a, like, I need to like pop out of it for a second right. and like, be like, Whoa, like my life has become like sitting on an orange couch in the middle of nowhere, Vermont. So like coming here was definitely, I mean, just a straight up, like 
miracle. I, I, uh, I love it here. And it's funny because a lot of people are like, well, LA is such a huge city for like partying and doing whatever you want. And it's, it's crazy because my relationship to this city has been completely the opposite. Like for me, it's just like, I I haven't had that experience here for me. It's really been about just like doing work on myself and like, like going to like the beach. Yeah, totally. It's like, it's cool. Um, I grew up not having it feel sunny all year long, which is great. And uh, yeah. I feel like LA is such a cocaine town too. I feel like anytime (laughs) I've seen drugs happen at a party, I'm like, Oh my God, this is too much for me. It's time to, time to leave. Like it's like past two o'clock and you're like, like, okay. well, to each their own, you know what I mean? Right. I'm like, you can live that way and do it. Go for it. I've got hats off to you. Honestly, I wish I could a lot of it. I'm like, good for you. Like, yeah. but like for me, it's like, I, you know, my life was fucking destroyed. I mean, and, and so it wasn't like, you know, the type of thing that it was just like a casual thing. Like I was totally in, in a self medicative days. Right. You know, here, so I feel like this is a good um, time to talk about that myth that myth around drugs doing drugs and rock and roll did it did you write better songs on drugs you know i think like again like i don't even know i I don't think like i'd put a hierarchical perspective on like better or worse songs or art in terms of like drugs and the creation of art and i think great stuff comes from drugs and art i also think that you know there's a lot that comes from like being completely like straight sober that comes from art um for me in terms of my own process i feel like until i started doing work on myself and until i started like digging inside and like unfolding like who i am Mm. uh, like authentically i don't think i really was accessing my true like Quan of like potential, of yeah, yeah. Who I am, yeah. I mean, I think for a while, like I, um, up until like the first Johnny Cosmo record that I released, I had been in so many bands and writing music so for a long time, and mm-hmm. I feel like I, I didn't really give myself permission to be me, which is I'm, I'm not like a like, like a hardcore like rock and roll guy i'm actually just like kind of like a nerd and i'm kind of like a goofball and i'm kind of just like weird and i think i always felt insecure about that because i think i grew up idolizing rock and rollers as like like, yeah you gotta be hardcore you gotta be this you gotta be that however like when i took a moment to step back it's like no it's like when you're being true to yourself and your art you feel it and it's it's a great it's it's what i hope for everyone you know right yeah and that's like that myth like you know john lennon doing heroin writing fucking songs for the white album like oh shit maybe i fucking jim morrison the biggest myth of them all like yeah i don't know i feel like that maybe that gets into kids's brain so early like you know that's when i'm in the classic rock when i'm 11 12 13 and you yeah. think that's the way, but then you finally get into it and you're like, oh, touring's kind of hard. <laughs> like, yeah. It's kind of like a pain in the ass and takes a lot of money and it takes a lot of organization. And you start seeing the business side of how to make a successful tour because that's the only thing I really care about is, is the live performance. Not yeah. so much the album sales, whatever. 
somebody else can worry about album sales. I'm trying to worry about that performance side of it. And uh, yeah. I just don't know how I could do that. Uh, uh, yeah, fucked up. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, I, I could barely do it and drink. I could barely have a couple drinks on tour. Like I'm like, yeah. nervous. Yeah. Yeah, I think like along those lines, just off the heels of that, like another myth that floats around is that you have to be like miserable. And, right. Like, another myth. Yeah. Art. It's like for me, it's like. I have a lot. I still obviously like, you know, I'm human. I go through conflict. Right. I have heartbreak. I have all this stuff. However, like, you know, you don't need to be living in the darkness to to make good art, you know? And I think that that was another discourse I, I swallowed, <laughs> you know, it was right. like that. That's what I needed to do. I need to punish myself in order to like create cool stuff. And, yeah. you know, I think that that's also something that, kind of gets floating around in the air we breathe whether or not we realize it right the only thing i'm struggling with right now is finding things to write lyrics about like i'm like writing songs but i don't have and none of the songs i've written this year have like lyrics i'm like oh what do i write about fuck like i've just been inside this room all you know the last year like how have have you had struggle writing lyrics at this time like what have you been trying Uh, to do to break that creative writer's block yeah that's that's interesting i think you know, one of my practices of writing is is always uh, is specifically with words is to to think real small. Mm. Um, and I, I, I like like just with the, this record that's coming out, like a lot of the songs and themes are around bugs. OK. And, um, and I, I got really microscopic with bugs, like like just trying Literally. to think like how they think and what how they act and all that sort of thing so for me like that's a always a practice that i go back to is like how to think really small and specific Mm -hmm. about what i'm going for the other thing is a great uh one of my friends basically taught me this and i i use it all the time and it's like always asking myself the question is like is this like what i want to say is this really what i want to say yeah like honing it down like to really what I want to say and because my my words and lyric you know lyrics go through kind of phases like I I, even like upon the final release I'm like I'm still not probably there with like 100% what I say I think as an artist I haven't really gotten there yet with my with my lyrics like to like the point where I'm like this is what I want to say yeah what point I'm still floating around the idea what part of the process do you uh, get into the lyrics? Is it kind of towards the end, you know, right before you have to record vocals? It, it, uh, yeah, it varies. Sometimes I come up with melodic ideas. I, I really think about, I think my songwriting is, is based around melody. It's rare that I, I write songs with chords mm. um, or, or usually it's like I'll have a melody and then I kind of think of like voicings around it or, um, uh, but it's either I think of the melody first or I think of like an idea in the words first. And right. then I, the, I, I like try to um, piece it, piece it together from there. But um, I kind of get into like a fit, like when I, when I feel a song brewing, like I totally get into like a fit of like anxiety almost, or it's like, no, 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 no. Like, I have to figure this out right now. Right. Which I'm trying to like take a step away from and be like, let it like breathe, let it like come. <laughs> but like sometimes I'm like, no, like what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Like, let's figure this out. Like totally. 
Yeah. I agree. But, Sometimes when I get in the zone, it's like, okay, time to put the phone on silent, face down, or put yeah. it like on do not disturb. Like, I can't have any outside noise. Like, if, if I'm working on a song and like another melody, like from the, like somebody else playing something, I'm like, turn that shit off. Like, <laughs> I cannot have anything infiltrating my brain right now. I'm like, so focused. And then the worst part is I forget to eat. Like, yeah. if I'm like, I'm like, oh, shit, I have to eat. Fuck. Like, it's okay. I'll finish. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. Like, I need to finish this song. Like, yeah. Yeah. I also think this this might sound like kind of, I mean, you know, hippy dippy. But for me, like, meditation really helps. Really? Like, lyrics. Yes. A hundred percent. Like, because I think it allows me to take that space of, like, mindful awareness from, like, yeah. my thoughts. Uh and create that space for like of observation. Whereas like when I'm like so attached to my thoughts and I'm like being, cause I'm like a squirrel. I mean, I'm so easily distracted right. by stuff. So like, I'll be like, Oh, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. <laughs> and, you know? So it's like when I, when I do, when I find myself, I'm in like my regular meditation practice. Like I do feel like writing spills. It right. spills more. Um, it's and, kind of like how, ideas come to you in the shower because it's like the oh, one yeah. time you don't have your phone in front of you it's like no yeah. distractions whatsoever yeah yeah when did but you I start uh when did you start med- i know i know <laughs> when, when did you start meditating what age um so i went to school part of uh my my grad school education was actually mm. in japan and mm. i lived at a i lived at a zen buddhist temple for um, a few months in Kyoto and uh, that was like when I really started like engaging with uh, meditation and, and trying to kind of maintain a regular practice the the temple was so cool like yeah this guy this guy was a uh, his name's Taka and I actually I still I'm still communicating with him but he um he grew up at the temple his dad was the buddhist priest grew up at the temple and he was like he was like i'm not becoming a buddhist priest like fuck this like he like totally rebelled like moved to the states became like went to school for like you know um i think business or something like that lived in texas and then when he was like in his mid-30s he was like he was like all right i think i'm gonna go become a priest (laughs) so So he like, you know, in his mid thirties, like decided to go back and like, he told all these stories of having to do the year of silence where he oh. like buried his cell phone in the dirt and would like sneak away to make calls. And like, no. he, he's totally like very contemporary Buddhist priest. And he gets a lot of pushback on the temple grounds from the other temples about being very like progressive, like, right. you know, having like, you know, uh, gay marriages at the temple and and queer based stuff there and like so he's like really pushing the envelope of like of uh buddhism and meditation which i really i really identified with because i was worried when i was gonna be living at this temple i was like i'm kind of a radical like thinker dude and like i don't know if i can like like be very rigid and And conservative and whole experience woke me up in a, in a completely different way. So yeah, I loved that. That was when I really started. How old were you when you were there? 27. So that was, cool. yeah, I'm 34 now. So it was cool. about seven years ago. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. That's a good time. Uh, grad school. What'd you go to school for? Where, where'd you go to school? 
So I, I, in addition to being a musician, I'm actually a therapist and I, I went to school for clinical psychology. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, uh, I did that in Los Angeles while I've been out here and I, yeah, that's like, in addition to like, it's, it's also a huge part of my art because I really feel like being a therapist and working in mental health, like and songwriting are just like this very reciprocal right uh, way of working. And, and it's really interesting. Like I don't even view like being a therapist as, as having a job, to be honest, it's like such a privilege and an honor to, to, hear people's stories and to right. just sit with that and to like help collaborate on ways of, of creating, you know, space in their lives. I, yeah. So for me, it's, it's definitely feels like an art form in itself, you know, like yeah. being a therapist is, is like, you know, the art of having a conversation in a lot of ways. Right. And, uh, and so I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, my uh, girlfriend is currently in grad school right now trying to become a therapist, and she's like, t- you know, she talks to me a lot about it and, like, art therapy oh, cool. and the, uh, different types of therapy. And, and uh, I've never been to therapy, but it's always something yeah. like I'm like, I should try that, but I haven't, you know. Yeah. Where where is, uh, where is she in school? Antioch in Santa Barbara. That's where I went to school. Really? You went yeah, to Yeah, actually, I teach there, too. I teach in the undergrad program there. Oh, dang. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, funny. Oh, I'm gonna have to tell her after we, yeah, after tell we her. hang up. I'll give her a call. No, totally. And if and if you know they ever, if they ever have any like want to pick my brain about anything, feel free to put us in contact because I have like, a lot of people call me all the time with like questions about hours and stuff like that. Right. And, and different. So yeah, yeah she, she has to, to get on my information. She has to get an internship. That's like the next thing she needs yeah. to do. Yeah. And yeah, it was like yeah. with COVID, it, it was all- like really weird. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a really amazing time to be going on that journey because a lot of people need like right. help and including my i mean it's been a hell Every, of a year, yeah but, yeah totally um and then also just like the fact that it's not face to face which is totally different than how i learned you know like yeah. I, I i learned all this like very face to face so yeah you have to do it it's a huge what are some it, of those big differences face to face versus like a session uh a therapist session face to face versus zoom have you been doing them on zoom a lot yeah i've been i've been seeing everyone i work with on zoom for the past year um yeah. and the biggest difference is is <clears throat> you know even as a human i mean when you're in the room with someone you can feel the energy right more, right between people mm-hmm. like you can feel like that uh sense of like unspoken communication it's a lot harder through zoom to do that i feel like um and and that's just something that you know for me i mean i think everyone works differently um but for me you know it it, i i prefer like a face-to-face thing i think of the same with music i mean i've 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 observed like a lot of live streams and stuff and i I performed in one and like it was just like it's so weird to like perform and just have it be like there is no response. It is the like silence, after you're done yeah. playing, it's, like, it's just like crickets in your room. <laughs> like I'm just looking around. I'm like, I don't even know how to like. It's it's a very strange feeling. I'm sure you. It's very empty feeling. Yeah, I did one live stream show at the very beginning yeah. of uh, last year because I was like, well, everyone's yeah. doing one. It might be fun. Let's just try yeah. it. And then uh, I was like, okay, I did the one. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. 
it's, uh, it's weird and there's a whole body language thing too it's like yeah how it's the body will tell you more sometimes than what someone wants to reveal yeah that's absolutely wild. and it takes a little while to get used to the zoom i will admit it took me like a couple episodes to really get comfortable talking to someone I'm on zoom sure. i'm yeah. sure yeah I someone mean, talked I- to me yeah i saw that you went on tour with jerry paper i can't listen to that episode because i was nervous and i, I just felt like i fucked that episode <laughs> up so i can't listen to that episode but oh He's so sweet. Now I want to listen to the episode. (laughs) I haven't listened to it. I gotta hear it. Uh, They're they're so sweet. Like I, I, you know, I love talking talking to them. And uh, uh, yeah, I just (laughs) my girlfriend said the episode was fine. I was like, okay, well, if you think it's fine, then yeah, (laughs) yeah, I'm better now. You gotta. I'm I'm working on it, man. Well, cool. So when did you start? Uh, I watched all your videos on your YouTube channel today. Um, well, leading up to this, like, it seems like you like that process of the creative process of music videos. Did you have you always liked doing that, or is this a new thing? Are you pretty hands off with these music videos? Are you pretty hands on? Like, you know, I love videos. I I've been making videos since I was a kid. Skate videos mm. is when it started. You know, I was I was really inspired by like. I mean, I used to just skateboard all day, every day. And I had a collection of VHS tapes that like wrapped around my bedroom as a kid of like 411 and all that stuff. I don't know if you're familiar with that. But anyway, I love making videos and and I've been making little skit and weird videos since I was young. And uh, when I, I kind of thought, you know, I've always thought of music videos as this cool ability to collaborate with other people who are, who are more visual artists. I mean, I, I definitely consider myself to be, you know, in integral in the process of creating them. And it's definitely very collaborative. However, a lot of times, like the people I've chosen to work with, um, I admire their work and, and, and for most of it, I'm just like, I trust you. Like, let's, let's do something especially they know me and like kind of my, I work with people who I, I've, I've never worked with someone actually I don't know personally. So usually people who know me know who I like my character and they, right. and they want to facilitate helping to kind of um, the elevate word, that. We or, don't want to say the word brand, but you know, your brand. Oh, brand. Yeah. Brand. You're yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess I never thought of it that way. Yeah, but yeah, totally. that, that's what I'm thinking is like, I, you know, and it's, it's funny because I feel as though with this past, like the record I just made was finished like over a year ago. And mm. then the, you know, quarantine happened and I was like, well, I don't really want to, I, you know, I, I don't really want to release it. I didn't know how long it was going to be. And I was like, I, I would rather perform it, you right. know, so over the past year, I've just been like making weird videos. And uh, then it got to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm ready. Let's just release it because I'm writing all this other music. And I'm like, let's like, you know, to sit on stuff is a weird um, like shock to my own process. I kind of right. like to to get it out into the world. And so. Oh, man. So when did you say you started recording this record then? 2019? Yeah. 2019. Um I recorded about half of it uh, with um, my friend Thomas. Oh, yeah. I love Thomas. 
Yeah, yeah. And uh um and then I recorded half of it here at my house. Cool. Um and uh we yeah, kind of just we have the same tape machine, so we kind of just, oh, just cool. feels back and forth and just, you know. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so I yeah, and there's been uh, like uh, same way with videos. I love just working with a lot of different friends and people because I think that that's fun. You know, mm-hmm. I'm in it for the fun, really. I mean, like, yeah, totally. I love some people. I I know a lot of friends who get a lot of anxiety about making records and like recording the process and all that. I'm like the complete opposite. I'm yeah. like a kid in a candy store. Like, I love making records. Cool. I, if I, that's what I would love to do. Just like all all day every day even, so com- even compared to the live performance so you, do you feel like you're more of a studio rat than a road dog uh, i don't even know i think i love both oh, i cool. love it all i love it all honestly yeah. yeah i can't say i like being on the road more than like six weeks right. at a time yeah. um that's a long I time i really love my zone yeah. <laughs> so um uh but yeah, I, I I love I love both ends of the process. Right. The, the part that gives me the most anxiety, honestly, is releasing it. I don't yeah, yeah. part I don't like that much. I don't really like that, but I like the making and I like the performing. Yeah. I feel like an empty feeling the day of the release. Like my girlfriend's like, "Aren't you excited? It's out." I'm like, I don't know. I can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The fun part's <laughs> making it. The fun part is playing it live. The yeah. day it comes out, I'm like, I hope people listen. I don't, I can't control if they listen to it or not. So just, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Oh man. And there's a, the thing with touring too is that like I feel like you're someone who do you have like a strong routine? And with touring, that totally Definitely. throws away your routine. Definitely, yes. Yeah, it's yeah. it. Yeah, you gotta. The thing that I learned most as I've gotten older in touring is that how important like exercise is right and diet like yes. when i was younger and touring i would just eat garbage and like didn't mat like it'd be like you know whatever um but like in the past couple of years i've just noticed how much of an effect diet has on totally. my body and exercise and maybe it's just a product of getting older but it's like when you're on the when you're like on the road and, you know, you're not, I mean, I, you know, I'm playing like clubs, you know, I'm not like doing anything huge. Totally. So it's like, it's like, you got to take care of yourself. Like you, if you want the energy to be out to like, you know, two in the morning every oh. night past yeah. for like weeks and weeks, it's like, you gotta be taking care of yourself. Like absolutely have some, juice, have some <laughs> fruit, would you? Yeah. Have it- some water have some water <laughs> that's the craziest part of it because you you realize that like you're either not eating enough and when you do eat, you eat like shit yeah <laughs> and then like i don't know i'm just i'm i'm a little nervous to go back on the road because now I've, because of this quarantine i'm like going to sleep at nine i'm going to sleep at 10 and like <laughs> if i have to go back out there and start doing 2 a.m nights again i'm 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 worthless and then i've been waking up early i've been yeah. waking up like at 6 a.m i feel like i have like a good vibe right now and it's gonna get destroyed i just know it <laughs> but uh yeah there's something there's some yeah I've been we when we've been lucky enough to get a hotel. I always try and find like the cheapest hotel with a gym, just so I can like get in. <laughs> yeah, it's and smart. like work work so in that smart. little gym. Yeah, it's like oh, like most Holiday Inns have like kind of like a shitty little gym, but it's a gym. Yeah, and and it works. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's yeah, my I like. 
the last tour we did, like, I guess it was 2019 or, or um, right. My my partner plays in my band, and they 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 were waking up super early and going for a run, like an hour run. And I'm I like, was, you can do that. I was, yeah, I was so impressed. I was just like, what? I was like, how are you doing this? Like, that, that's so cool, you know. Um, yeah. So that's yeah. I mean, I just think it's so important, you know, as you get older. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, when you said you recorded this record half there at Thomas's uh, studio and half of your like, what were we talking about? Half like you did the drums and bass over there, and then and then did all the guitars and stuff, or did you do half of the record like song wise, completed them completely there and completely at your house? It was kind of song wise. It, mm. Honestly, it was like a mix. It was mm. just, a, it was a weird, well, there were a few songs that I had recorded that I decided to, to scrap for the record, not like scrap, but I'm just, I'm saving. I, I do that a lot. Like I record just a lot of music b- based on the fact that I, I, you know, I'm privileged enough to have a space where I can do that. Like in, right. in my studio. So I record a lot of music and then I kind of was like, well, these songs kind of fit better together. And and so there were some songs that I recorded at Thomas's that I ended up scrapping. And there were a couple mm. new ones I wrote in the beginning of the quarantine experience that I wanted to include on the record because I felt like that's where I was emotionally at at the time. And, and I was like, these also fit well on the record. Um, but in terms of the process, it's like, you know, um, yeah, it's just really interesting. I mean, I only got into digital recording like a year plus ago. Like before right. that, I was just doing tape recording and and I've kind of had my mind blown because this is the first record I've ever made where it was like a it was like a both and situation. Mm. Like I recorded pretty much I recorded pretty much all of it on on tape, except for a few things. And then and but when it got down to mixing, I was like, it was kind of like you know, this just crazy right. experience. Um, and so I had a lot of help with that, with friends, like being like, I'm not exactly sure how to do this. I'm watching, I know how to do it on my board, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, how do you, you know, but uh, so yeah, we did like both. And there were a lot of different drummers who played on the record who, you know, cool. I, I, I always think like with my songs, like because I'm surrounded by so many talented people, I mean, it's baffling to me. Like I, sometimes I see people say things, especially older people. They're like, music has died. Like there's no yeah, good yeah. music anymore. I'm like, what is wrong with yeah. you? I'm surrounded. I swear I'm surrounded by, I'm just so many gifted, talented artists that I, I respect and inspire me. And so when an opportunity comes where I'm like, Oh, this sounds like, this sounds like a, like a J drumming. This, right. this, this song I imagine like Jay's style on, I'm like, he'll play drums on that one. You know, I'm never yeah. really as concerned these days in making records with everything sounding the same. Cool. Like I kind of used to be that way where it's like, I really want there to be like a cohesive. Some, like, that's, that's the word they always use. Yeah. Now I'm just like, nah, like each song for me is its own character. You know, that's how I view my music is that each song is kind of its own little character and thing. And like, it's like, you know, on a baseline, yeah, I kind of want it all to fit together in like a nice sonic way. But like, 
I'm not too concerned about like the drums having to sound consistent throughout the record. It's like these drums are going to be blasted in your face, like yeah. totally unknown, early unknown mortal orchestra style. Yeah, and totally. They're going to be like super tasty, like, you know, like dry. And, and yeah. so I kind of just like, yeah, I, I that's how I kind of work. Every drummer has their own feel like, Sometimes and certain songs need different feels. So, yeah. so it's always, it's always nice to have like a different touch. Like, you know, I had, um, my friend Sheridan play drums on, on my latest record and she has such a light touch that I could never do. Cause that's just not how I was taught. Like my, my drum teacher, when I learned how to play drums <laughs> yeah. was, like, was like a big John Bonham fan. So it was all about yeah. thrashing yeah. and bashing, but yeah. like, she had this great little taste, like, just yeah. barely touching the kit. I'm like, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> like, I just didn't yeah. learn how to play like that. I just smash it. Yeah, and those, and those I, are my I, favorite drummers to record, honestly, are very light touch. Yeah. I mean, just for my music in general, because it's kind of more that way. But just it's so much easier for me, I feel, as an engineer to record drummers right. who are like very like, yeah, just like lighter touch because uh yeah i like to let the mics do the work i like right. to let the tape do the work you know totally uh, let the you know that do the work versus like yeah but um what are some of those big differences tape versus digital that conversation like yeah can we talk about that how do you feel about yeah that? i mean i probably have a lot of cliche things to say about that That's like, okay one, one being that like i am someone like I said, I'm kind of like a squirrel. So if there's a lot of options, like I'm kind of just like, blah, 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 blah. like, so I like how tape is restrictive for me. Right. Like analog recording is restrictive for me in that way, or like invites me to like commit to something. And I think that when I think about songs, usually unless I'm recording like it live as a group, which I don't really, I usually start with the drums and, mm. and for me, I like to commit to a drum sound and I like mm. to overdub on top of what's been done because I think that informs the sound. It's like, okay, the drums sound this way. And then I put the, I'll put like a bass down. I'm like, okay, like everything that comes after that is informed by the decisions before it. Mm. And I think that's something that I really love about analog recording is like, I'm committing to a sound and I, right. and, and I work, I work a lot in the pre-process to getting it to sound how I want. You know, it's like, I'm not just like putting up some mics for the drums and I'm like, all right, like, let's get it good enough. And then like in post, I'll like, mm. you know, figure out like, I, I rarely do any of that. It's more like, let's like get the drums sounding how I, I want them to sound. And really like the mixing of, of them will be like EQing maybe. Right. Like, like you know, um, yeah, just like not really anything like texturally. I feel like it really slows down the workflow too when you do it the yeah. other way of like, well, sure, you save time setting up the mics, but now you're going to take so much time editing it in post-processing that it's like, yeah. it takes so much longer, I think. Yeah. And, and I like old music. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I like I, old music. So, you know, and, and I started with having just, you know, I mean, I had a I had a, a two track task cam when I was in high school, like yeah. a little cassette. I've just been graduating since then, really. <laughs> yeah. And when I moved when I moved to LA, 
that was when I really was like, oh, like there's some people doing some like because every recording studio I'd ever been to on the East Coast was all digital. Yeah. And that was just my experience. I'm, I know that there are now like a lot of analog studios, but that was just my experience. So when I came to L.A. and I stepped into like the like old lollipop studio and I was like, these guys are doing all analog. I was like, oh, like there's some people actually like doing this in a bigger way than just like making demos or or like bedroom kind of stuff which i love doing i mean that's how i that's how i started doing totally yeah that's that's crazy i remember i used to uh i I released my first ep with lollipop and uh uh, that was a really fun time because it was like the first time we i'd ever felt like as an outsider not living in la like oh these people are doing the same. Like I found my people. Cause prior to that I yeah. was playing whiskey, a go-go selling yeah, fucking yeah. bullshit tickets at whiskey, a go-go and, and the Roxy before the Roxy got bought. And now it's like a yeah. regular venue again, but yeah, it was nice. To, and I was like, Oh wow, you guys do tape. I like tape. Like, Oh cool. This is awesome. And, and it was like the first time I felt like, uh, yeah, like, Oh good. I, I found the people in LA that I could hang with, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. They have a new studio now, and I've been to it. It's really nice. There you go. Yeah, it's insane. Thomas, <laughs> uh, I did my last record with Thomas. Um, I just did the drums there because I. Oh really? Just the drums, yeah, because I know he gets good drum tones. Oh, he is the king. He's yeah. like, he's kind of my, I would say, like my mentor, really, in terms of recording. I mean, I learned so. I've learned so much from him over the years, and in. in working and playing his band and just like he's he's like a brother to me I right mean, you know I, so yeah he he's the drum king yeah he's analog drum king i'm waiting for the day that tape op interviews him right i, mean, I really want tape op to interview him yeah the drum um, sounds so good and i should i should clarify not the new record i put out the record before that okay that. cool because the new record i did with paul cherry and we did that all digital but whoa was, sick that's yeah. awesome yeah that's out that's out. I did that. I did that one and I uh, released it in January. It was one of those things where it was done, Whoa. but then it never felt right to put out in 2020. Yeah. And then we just dropped it and yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving, moving on. Right. You know, awesome. now it's like, you know, it's like the, I don't know what I'm going to say. It's like 2020 gave me this gift. I thought I always wanted, you know, Hey, here, here's a full year to write new music. And then I didn't fucking do it. <laughs> so now, I'm, so now I just stare at my roads, and and I'm I'm three or four songs deep, and I feel yeah, pretty, I feel yeah. better now. I feel That's like cooler. okay, I did do something. Okay. That's cool. I feel like a lot of artists have had that experience, so and I know I have to a certain certain degree. It's like it, it, there was a huge thing. It's like now you have all this time. Yeah. Like, what do you, you want to do? Like, yeah, but we're also going through like a serious fucking crisis yeah like, absolutely mentally like socially like it's like you know i mean it's been it's been hard to sit at the piano and not be like what the fuck is life right <laughs> <now>? <laughs> absolutely like go, i yeah. went out the other night and uh, just to grab some food really quick and someone was like hey reuben hey, nice to see you and i was like i don't know who you are and then i was like oh yeah you i can't i can't the mask she's like it's okay no one can tell who each other. I was like, okay. And I was like, yeah. wow, my social skills are just gone. Like, yeah. Oh, totally. When yeah. I see someone at the store or something, I'm like, hi, walk away. Don't, you know. Yeah. I'm actively not talking to people, you know, 
don't yeah. Know. No. I don't know. It's okay, but I think I think there's a light at the end of the road. I see uh, a light at the end of the tunnel, I should say. Uh, tennis announced the tour for October, so oh. that's a good sign. So that yeah. feels like something's happening. Like, are you are you preparing right now for the reopening of the touring industry, or just not even a tour, but like a live show? Are you thinking about that? Right now, you know, I was trying. I mean, the record comes out in June, and good timing. It's it's good timing. However, like I know that um, it's. I, I'm trying to figure out a a creative way to kind of to kind of do it. Um, I can't say that I'm like planning any tour right now, just because yeah. I still feel like things are so uncertain, and specifically for someone who's like you know, uh, an artist at a level like I am where it's like, I'm not like, you know, these places are going to open up and like, there's a lot of people who've been waiting to tour who are huge labels and stuff. So it's like, you know, I'm fully aware that, um, I'm kind of just like trying to figure out a more creative way to do a release. And I've been thinking about maybe doing, something i don't know i'm like thinking how to make it outside mm. <laughs> somehow so, but i'm also like i want to make sure that like i'm still honoring like the position of the world and the right aspect that we're all in um i've been vaccinated for like like the past couple months just due to like you know the mental health profession yeah 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 so i like i've been you know uh my, I can't say my lifestyle has changed all that much, to be honest. I feel better getting takeout. That's yeah, cool. That's you know, cool. But, uh, other than that, I've, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of like, I want to be respectful. Right. You know, that's like first and foremost for me. It's like music will, live music will return when it can. Yeah. I don't, I'm not in like a rush to like have to be the first one or anything like that, you know? And it's like, I'm fully aware that by releasing a record right at this time in the world, it's like, I'm not, you know, I have no expectations of the, of the performance and necessarily, but I would like to find a creative way to at least have some sort of, uh, like release mm. or something, you know, like yeah. whether it's like, whether it's even just, um, you know, recording the live band playing in my backyard and like, posting a youtube video or something absolutely like we did a few sessions like that and it felt like a show it felt good it felt like you know yeah. even when we were practicing like the night before we we're like wow this feels good like plugging my shit into an amp and hearing the yeah. drums like whoa right? it's just like oh this i'm excited like and i haven't been excited to practice in a long time yeah you know? it's funny like i uh i recorded a band like a few weeks ago and mm. um they, it was like I was vaccinated and they all lived together and got tested before. And we were like, let's make it like a bubble situation. Like right. just here, they recorded a week at my studio and I, I, they wanted to record live. So it was like two guitars, bass, drums. I set everything up and, uh, and all of a sudden, like they start playing and I, I was crying. <laughs> like I had like tears going. I was like, beautiful. I've heard a bass stack in like, like I was like I haven't I forgot I was like I haven't heard live music I haven't yeah. heard a band play like and they're just like playing like in my you know like small little control room here I mean in my uh, live room here and I'm just like just like listening to the monitors I'm like I don't even I'm like this sounds good to me like I don't yeah. even I need to like move any mics I'm like this is just 
freaking insane. But it's amazing. It's amazing how, you know, when live music starts back up again or even just rehearsing or whatever, like it's move. It is like very moving. It's very moving. Very moving. Yeah. And we have to, you know, I think, yeah. So that's something I've, I've been thinking about too is, is, is the communal aspect of going to a show. And yeah. something I've been saying a lot on this podcast is that like, I think this was 2020 was the perfect year for the social media overdose. And I, th- I think by the time we're out of this, why the fuck would I ever look at my phone in public again? Like I need to go outside and enjoy my life instead of like being at a bar and staring at my phone. I don't know if I'll ever do that again. Like, well, at least for yeah. another year until I get acclimated <laughs> and then I'm back on to my fucking bullshit. But like, <laughs> but like, I think yeah. this might've been the overdose we needed too much social media. Like I need to go outside. I need to oh, go totally. watch every band at the show not just the headliner. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely I relate what you're saying. I yeah. feel though there's a lot when you miss stuff, you realize how much you appreciate it. Right. And I think it's like an intention to kind of stay with you to be like, no, like I want to remember this. <laughs> like yes. I want to remember what it was like to have a year without being able to like mingle with people and shoot the shit, like just casual talk. Like I remember always feeling like. Oh, I kind of hate like small talk at shows and like it's like I yeah know, I'm like I fucking I'll do that like put me there yeah like, I'm, down, I'm down to talk about nothing for five <laughs> minutes like you know absolutely oh yeah. man it's uh yeah definitely definitely miss that aspect of it absolutely uh so you are producing other people's music too is that something um people can reach out to you about can we promote yeah. your production side yeah yeah uh Come on down. Really? Yeah. <laughs> is the studio in your house or do you have a separate yeah, space for it? It's in a, it's in a, uh, like I, there's like a back garage. Cool. That I, uh, kind of like, yeah, about three years ago, we built a little drywall to divide like this. This is like the control room and there's a live room and it's, Oh, is this, you're in your garage right now? Yeah. Oh, it's cool. Like, it's like a, you know, it's, it's cozy. It's not, I mean, this is like a, uh, this is like a home, a, uh, uh, home recording situation. So if you're like into like, like kind of like a cozier vibe, this is definitely a cool place to record. And, um, uh, yeah, like I said, I kind of do, I kind of specialize in like analog recording. Uh, however, I have the ability to do both and I have, you know, I can dump all the stems and send them to you and you can oh, do it. Oh, that's awesome. But yeah, but yeah, it's cool. It's cool in here. I love it. This is kind of like my zone where, you know, I spend a lot of time and, and uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of toys and cool. weird, weird stuff. And yeah, that's awesome. You said your partners in your um, live band with you. Yeah. What's that like? Can you, can you talk to us a little okay. bit about that? All right. So I, I do want to plug. Yeah. My, I want to plug my partner, Gracie. Okay. She is the, and I might be biased, but I'm not, I don't think I am here because <laughs> I, I honestly, I think she is one of the best songwriters and musicians. Cool. And I, I, you know, not only do I love her to death, but she is so talented. I mean, if you hear my records and you're wondering like, you're like, oh, like, 
those harmonies are like insane. Yeah. Like, at least I think they are. Yeah. Like, that is not me. Like, that is not me arranging those. And I try to put right. that in the line of like, she's incredible at arranging music, vocals, and also just like her own songwriting. She she shreds guitar. Uh, but what's it like being in a group together? Wait, what's her project? Her project is called Gracie. It's okay. just under her name, Gracie. Um, and uh, we're working on her new record here right now. Cool. Which- cool um and uh yeah um but working together so there was like i remember when we first started kind of engaging creatively together there was like a bit of hesitance on both our ends because we had both had partners before where we had experiences that it was just like eh, not the best idea to right the guy was just like a little weird mm-hmm. however we work really well together and so i think that you know um it can it can go either way uh for for us it's like you know i'd say our our songwriting styles are very different oh like i'm definitely i'm definitely more of like a like you know i i write a lot of like kind of more uh funk soul type music and gracie definitely comes from more of like a rock like Mm. background um and uh but she is incredible. Check out her music. The funny thing is, is now there's like a lot of people who have the name Gracie as their oh. artist title. So it's kind of hard to find. If you search Gracie like Bandcamp or something, you'll find it. It's okay. really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Gracie yeah. Bandcamp. Is, is there, are there any other previous albums? Maybe I could type in Gracie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, the album name. Last, yeah. Her last release was called, uh, the heat of Sunday morning. Okay. Um, and then uh, I think the release before that was just titled Gracie. Before that, she was in a band called Fat Creeps. Cool. That was a Boston-based, like, you know, band. They, you know, uh, they rock as well. Yeah. Um, but now she's just kind of doing, yeah, a solo thing. And Did you guys meet over on the East Coast and came to L.A. together? Or did you guys meet in L.A.? So I met her once. I was at one of her shows once in Boston, like 10 years ago or something. Wow. And I was like, whoa, I was like, this is really good music. My yeah. friend was playing in her, playing in her band as the, the guitar player. And I went cause he, you know, he said, you should come. And uh, I met her that night, but I didn't, she came out to LA um on like a record deal like many years later and then we kind of like reconnected so it's kind of funny we're both from boston you know and we're both like living out here and uh we we have a lot of overlap like she's also like a psych nurse oh so it's it's kind of like there's a lot of like overlap between like music and mental health in this household (laughs) i love it yeah yeah I think uh, I think the mental health aspect in 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 rock and roll music and rock music and just you know music in general is is uh, just not talked about enough. I feel like the conversations are just starting, and I feel yeah. like there's some artists out there doing good work, but like it's it's just starting. We're we're at the infancy of 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 the awareness. I think because I feel like maybe it's just yeah. me, but I feel like it's like this stigma or uh, uh, a stereotype that. Anything negative that happens to us, we can use it. Oh, I yeah. can use this for my art. Um, 
And I don't know. I feel like we're, maybe we're getting away from that. Maybe the conversations are just starting. I don't know. Maybe you can use it. May, you know, using it is a way of, of healing as well. Yeah, I think it's like, again, I think it's like a both-end thing. I yeah. Mean, I think people need to – I mean, I, I'm saying this because I'm speaking out loud about myself. <laughs> but like, first and foremost comes taking care of yourself. Right. right. You know, like, the messages of, like, being in the music, like, world and, and quote-unquote, like, indie rock. Right. Well, it's just disgusting coming out of my mouth. Yeah. But like that world, like, yo, that world is like full of messages. Right. You know, full of messages of what you should be, how you should release, how you should do this. There's so many shoulds, right? Right. And it's like, like, I think I'm constantly trying to like reel it back and invite myself to think about like, you know, what is it that I want, not what should be done. And or like how is this like not good for my mental health to be like focused on like this like constructed way of like music having to exist in the world these days? Because I think that like, and not to get on my soapbox too much here, but it's like, this is all like a product of like a capitalist like environment, right? Right. That's like your songs are products to be bought and sold where it's like, I am trying to resist that a little bit. Like, I'm like, I'm trying to like, be like, no, like, like I write music because I would be freaking going insane. If I didn't, if I didn't make art, I would be, I would like not, I'd be nuts. Like, it's like, you know, and I think a lot of artists feel that way. It's like returning to like, why is it that we do this? Well, it's because like, it's who we are and it helps us live, you know? And like, yeah, I just think that like the mental health side of like all this is so important. It's like you gotta be good to yourself, like be a friend to yourself. Like, absolutely. And again, I'm saying all this because I need to be reminded of it. You, you need know? to be reminded. The people who are listening, if you are listening, yeah. like take that time, take that time for yourself, and uh, especially when you're on tour or when you're when you're at home or you know, not beating yourself up. Like sometimes you sit down and I say this all the time. Sometimes you sit down on that roads and nothing comes out and that's okay. Like not every day you're going to write a song and not every song you write is going to be great. That's just the process. Yeah. That's, it's totally the process. And I think even when you sit down at the roads or whatever you're sitting down at, it's like, if nothing comes out, that's important. That's part that's leading to something else. Yeah, it's true. Every time you like, there's so many times I go in and I just start like messing around with a, a on my tape machine, but just like overdubs. And I'm like, I'll listen to it at the end. I'll be like, that is probably the worst thing I've ever done. Like, and I'm like, but I don't allow myself to go into the space of like, that means like I suck. It's like, no, that was like important to like, that's going to lead to something else. True. Like I know there's no wasted time in yeah. creating, in my opinion, there's no wasted time. And there's so many times, like an example, I have the song and and I was working on it for hours and hours. And I was like trying to get these chords just right. And then I found other chords that kind of worked with it. And so what I thought was going to be the main song became like the intro. And that was it. Yeah. It became nothing. It just, Well, it became yeah. something. It became the <laughs> intro, but it wasn't like what I thought it was going to be. What yeah. my expectations were. I was like, oh, this is going to be the verse. This is going to be a chorus. Yeah. And it was like, actually, it's just an intro that played for a very second. And then the rest of the song that I wrote. I love kinda, that. Yeah. I love that. That's cool. That's what, that's like, that's, that's, I guess that's an example of like, uh, 
maybe it wasn't intentional, but you landed on something afterwards and, yeah. and, and everything, you know, yeah. That's what I love about the voice memo. Sometimes it's just a weird oh. idea. Leave that little voice memo. Bless the voice memo. <laughs> yeah. I love the voice memo. I need to find a better way of like organizing them though. Cause I, I think know I, I think I looked at my phone the other day. I have like 300 plus or something. And, and it's they're like, just like numbers and letters. Yeah, they're numbers. Or actually for me, it labels them as roasty because that's the Peruvian restaurant next to my house. <laughs> so it like, all my voices are like roasty 222. Oh no. <laughs> and then there's those mornings you're like, what did I, didn't I have something last night? And then you play it and it's like, you're like, oh, that's nothing. That's useless. Yeah, 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 what yeah. the hell? It sounds so good in my head. What the fuck happened? Yeah. It's like when the, when you have songs, when you have songs in your dreams, you, have oh. you ever had a song in your dream? All the time. There's like two songs that I've written in a dream before. And I, yeah. I, yeah, I think that a lot of like my best material comes in that space between mm. like not being awake and not being asleep. It's weird. I keep yeah. my, I keep a pad by my bed specifically with words. Like I like kind of not be asleep. I like not be awake either. And like all of a sudden I'll just be like, Whoa. Like that's cool, you know. Like, yeah, like, yeah. For my voice note or my pad, but yeah, dream dream songs are cool and trippy. They sound so good. Do you write, has that happened to you before? I hear them, but I've I've never been able to execute them. It's like to follow through. It's really hard to capture. Yeah. I actually i the 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 time it happened was because I was doing this. I was doing a dream work class, like in in grad school which was like all about like using your dreams as like unconscious yeah. like and like every every night we had to write down what our dream was and that, when you get into that practice of doing that for like a month or so you start to like really like there's like some sort of barrier that becomes closer and like you can like hold on to stuff more. And that's when it happened. That's when it happened for me was when mm. I was doing that, like just writing down for like, I think it was like almost close to two months. And then like, right. like a dream, it came in my head and I was just like immediately like grabbed my phone and like, was like, what was that thing that yeah. I was like, my dream, you know, it was, it was fucking weird. Do you think you dreamed more once you started writing them down? Because sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm not dreaming. Like I don't remember. Yeah. Or at least I don't remember them when I wake up. No, you do. I mean, that's just when you write down your dreams every night, even if you don't like, I'm not talking about like all the details, it's like yeah, just a stream of consciousness. Like I remember like eating like a hot dog yeah, like or something, even that, like you start there. But every time you kind of do that, you're training yourself. The other thing is that before you go to sleep, this is, this is what I learned before yeah. you go to sleep, you set the intention of remembering your dream. Mm. So you tell yourself, you're like, when I go to sleep tonight, I'm going to like do my best to like, remember yeah. what the dream was. And the more you kind of set that intention before you go to sleep, the, the totally like it, it's like, it, it comes for uh forefront more often. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm always, Try like, it out. I will, <laughs> I will. My dreams are always so like, um, I guess the word is boring. Like yeah. they're, they're <laughs> oh, just yeah. like, they're just like, Oh yeah. I went to the store and I was just like <laughs> looking at things at the store. It's like, yeah, that's 
Yeah, that's believable, I guess. Like, I don't know. There's never, like, and then a squid popped out at the top of the, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. They're always like, yeah, that makes sense. I would do that. I'm also very conscious in my dreams. Like, I'm aware I'm dreaming all the time. Yeah. And that's what I liked about that movie, Inception. Yeah, well. I, I could yeah. relate. That's actually a good thing. If you're more aware in your dreams than if you do this process of, like, writing them down or, oh. like, just get saying the intention, then it'll be easier for you. Okay. That's actually, like, a good thing that you can do that. Okay, good. All right, then I need to start yeah. writing my dreams <laughs> yeah. down. It's a trippy world, though. <laughs> It it's a whole down. new world. Yeah, it gets weird. It gets weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a tweet that was just like saying how like it unlocks. That's just like what you're looking at is just a parallel universe. And I'm like, oh, damn. Yeah. That might be <laughs> true then because I'm doing random shit in my dreams. That's just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But that's, you know, you have you can find inspiration anywhere. And that's what I'm trying to get to because yeah. I haven't done anything really but be in my room, do some podcasts, like, you know, yeah. a bunch of random it's, stuff. Like, it's hard to write. It's hard to write right now. Lyr lyrics, I should say. It's hard to write lyrics. Yeah, yeah. it'll come. It'll, it'll come. come. It'll start flowing. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, the record comes out in June. Yeah, record comes out June 4th. Um, it's Who's getting putting split, it out. It's getting a split release between Feeding Tube Records, which is a label in Massachusetts, cool, and uh, Dinosaur City Records, which is in Australia. Ooh, how, how'd uh, you how'd you find them in Australia, or they found you? How'd they find you? Well, I actually went on tour with the. So it kind of was, I'm, let me remember this really. Years and years ago, I went on tour, uh, my band and this other band from Australia, hmm. and became just like close with them, obviously, as you do on, well, not always, right. but like, sometimes it can happen. And uh, and so and we just stayed in touch over the years. And whenever they come in the States, it was a state of my place. And, um, and then they started a label, like, cool. you know four or five years ago if i remember and then yeah i uh you know i'd always wanted to kind of do something do something with them and i i love i love them to death as people and they're yeah you know they've honestly been so hands-on and like just I'm, I'm really happy with working with them in general and i i yeah i i just really love um I've loved the process so far. So it's, it's been, that's great. awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, you're touring with another band. Like, is this pre Johnny Cosmo? Yeah, this was like, well, I was touring with, um, I play bass in Mr. Elevator. Oh, you did. Uh, yeah. Like since, yeah, since the, uh, the record, not well, like, I guess it's been five years now. Wow. So. Yeah. So a while. And, um, yeah, that's been we we're supposed to do a big tour actually that last year, but obviously yeah. for the obvious reason. You know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I love I love playing. I play bass in that band, which is honestly my favorite instrument to play really? live. I love playing bass. I think bass is like so fun. Bass and singing like harmonies is like, you know, oh, I love it. That's cool. I love it so much. So, yeah. Is that what you um, learned first? What did yeah. you learn first? I learned piano and first, mm. um, 
I only really started playing bass like four or five years ago, I would say like, and, uh, um, uh, it kind of start. well, like I played before that. No, I would play like on my songs and like demos and stuff. But right. when I really started like getting into bass was when I, when Thomas asked me to play bass in elevator and, and I was learning some of the parts and then he was like, but feel free to go off the parts. And I was like, these parts are crazy. Like yeah. I never realized if you know that band, I mean, it's just like yeah. all keyboard. So it's like the bass has to hold down some like melody and serious rhythm going on totally. so touring with that you know with him and learning all those songs i got good so quick like just That's awesome having to do that and uh and so yeah i love playing bass and yeah cool and then so uh you play you started learning keys what age were you when you started learning keys i think 11 yeah was it something your parents pushed old. you to do or did you want to do it? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I learned piano um, and I learned to like read music at a young age. Yeah. I really didn't want to do it, but I'm really happy. That my dad did. That's the story dad, of every keyboard dad, player I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, cause you know, I wanted to play guitar cause I was right. like, guitar is cool. I was like, this is like, I want to be like Nirvana. Like right, you know, right. as a kid, you know, um, but I, I started taking lessons in both, actually. I cool. did piano for a couple of years and then did guitar as well. And um, I was fortunate enough to have, like, so many great, like, music teachers as a kid, which I really, you know, looking back, I'm I'm so appreciative of those people. Right. Because they planted the seed. They planted the seed hard. Absolutely. You know, it wasn't like I wasn't, you know, um, I, I almost – did an undergraduate program in music school, but I like, was like, it wasn't for me really. Right. Like I, I did it for semesters. I was like, oh, this isn't for me, but um, yeah. Like being a kid and like just having people be like, you know, I remember like, I'd be like my first guitar teacher. I don't know how old are you are, but do you remember Pogs? Yeah. Do you know what Pogs? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, these little like, Pog he had like pogs, like hot glued to his Stratocaster. Oh, that's cool. And he was like, he was like the first lesson. I was like super nervous. And he was like, he's like, so what do you want to learn today? You want to learn Heart Shaped Box by Nirvana? Yeah. And he was like older. This guy was like 60 or something. Cool. And I was like, I was like, this guy's cool. And he like, gets it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He got like, oh man, he's cool. Like yeah. and that like type of attitude of like, you know, like really nurturing kids with music is so, I mean, yeah. Yeah, totally. I, 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 I have a weird connection with my drum teacher. Every time I see him, he shows up, he comes, he, he appears in my life like once every six years, <laughs> like he'll just show up at a show <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you're here. Nice. He's like, yeah, I saw you were playing. I thought I'd come I'm like, all right, cool, man. Like, it's just so weird because he so knew me. Cool. He knew me when I was like twelve, like a kid just like wanting to play drums and be That's in bands. So cool. And it's just it's like a weird relationship. Wow. Even it though must I don't be talk amazing to him. for him. I yeah. imagine so. It must man. be amazing for him to come to your show and be like, "Oh my gosh!" He, like, like this kid wasn't bullshitting. He really did it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like you, yeah. you see these kids, and and he's. I was in a band at that time too, so he saw me when I was in my first band and all that. Like, and sometimes you know. I don't know. 
I haven't really taught that many people, but there was a moment where I was like getting into it and uh, it, it's really yeah. fulfilling. It's really, yeah. it's so nice to give back. That's like when I learned like, oh, this is, this feels good. Maybe I should be a teacher. And then I didn't, but like yeah. there was a moment in my life where I was like, I should, I should like get into like education. Like, cause I like this. It feels good. And then I don't know. And then some teachers can ruin it. Sometimes you have a bad teacher and you're like, oh, this sucks. Like, it can really really, uh, change your... My piano teacher was a little rough. Yeah. Totally. My piano teacher was a little hardcore. But (laughs) I actually, you know, that was good. I mean, I'm glad I got pushed in that way, but it just didn't last as long as I think it could have if they were a little more gentle. Right. Um, They were the type of piano teacher... you know, form was really important. They would hit my hand oh, with rulers. Brutal. Like, uh, you know, like, yeah, like very, like, in, you know, kind of intense in that way. But I got to learn classical music. So, yeah. That's cool. I feel like I um, have really bad form. Like, I play with, like, I'm like, I taught no, myself I, piano, and I feel I play like, with these yeah. fingers. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm still, like, trying to incorporate my thumb and uh, my pinky. Like, I'm still working on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes my ring finger gets a cramp because I'm like overworking it. (laughs) (laughs) Still trying to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's cool, though. And that's what I think that ties into you teaching at Antioch. Like, I feel like, once again, it could be very fulfilling and and it all ties in at the end. Oh, I love it. I mean, that school is so, like, I, it's so progressive and, and, and has been, a complete i mean the reason i got the t-shirts i literally i thought of a class mm. and I, I i like pitched it to them i was like hey what do you think of this as a class like would you ever want this this is what I, like i've been doing this a lot and they were like yeah yeah they were like cool let's try it out you know and i'm like sweet and cool. uh, it started from there so that i mean i love the pro the program there is just so cool i mean the classes are like they're not your typical like like boring type right of classes like they got like you know psychology and psychedelics and like that's cool. madness in america like madness in film like you know psych and film and it's it's a really cool place so yeah. prior to the pandemic were you commuting to santa barbara i was uh, actually so there's an antioch in los angeles cool as well. So that was the one. I mean, but it is on the west side, so it is. I mean, it's, it's a bit new, of a commute. Not the most friendly commute no. for me, but um, but yeah, I was doing that, and uh, and I've just been like teaching through Zoom, which is really weird for the yeah. reasons we discussed before. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm only like part time. I mean, I only teach like yeah. one class a quarter or something like that, and cool. uh, yeah, it's cool. It's great. How exciting, man. Um, okay, so. You were working on this record in 2019, pushed it off. Now it's going to come out in June. Two labels are putting it out. What else should we know about this record? What else is there to know? So just like on the heels of kind of what we've been talking about, this record, if you like funk, like R&B, like kind of like soul music mixed with like lyrical themes around psychology. Cool. Yeah, right. (laughs) And then, well, You'll dig this record because this is the first th- record I think I've made where I've like 
really taken the world of like mental health and I like smashed it into like funk. Cool. And so everything kind of has like a, a metamorphic undertone of like healing type stuff and like com- in community. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is that this record, I got really into sampling, cool. the sampling world, um, which I never really got into before, which uh, my friend, uh, you know, you know, Juju. Yeah. He's right. the one who got into this world like super hard. So I, um, I, there's a couple songs where we like collaborated together. Um, cool. On this record. Um, and it was cool because he comes from like a very like, like, you know, uh, shoegaze yeah, type shoegaze. of like background. And I'm like, kind of like on the like other funkier end of the spectrum. So like working together was so fun. It was like, That's awesome. it was really cool. But anyway, about the record, there's a lot of songs that were created from other songs. So it's like, there's a lot of songs that are like, wait, like I know this from somewhere else on the record. So it's like kind of like a pastiche of like sampling going on. And um, all the artwork for the record was done by this uh, local muralist who does all the like bodegas in Northeast LA, like all the like fruit stands and stuff. And he's, he's this older gentleman uh, who I met and he lives down the street from me. And I was like, I was like, hey, like, would you ever be interested in doing like album art? And he was like super happy. He only speaks Spanish. So like, and I speak good Spanish. So I was kind of like, had to converse with him like about what I wanted. And it came out a little different than like, I think I communicated. (laughs) I was due to me, due to my like Spanish, but it's sick. I'm really happy with it. Oh, that's awesome. uh, So it's great to work with, with, him on that and yeah. so um I feel like that really taps into kind of like the community essence of the record and uh so yeah so i'm excited about it um what what kind of music were yeah. you listening to growing up was it always funk and soul or um they're definitely through my parents it was yeah um but when i was growing up i listened i'll say like I think like, honestly, the first band I ever fell in love with and I still love them to death was the Grateful Dead. Oh, yeah. And that was because of my dad. He played them for me since I was like two years old. And, totally. Like, he's a huge deadhead. And so like, for me, like, I remember being in class in like third grade and I was like singing a dead song and like my teacher was like, like knew the song and they were like, are you singing the grateful dead? And I was like, <laughs> I'm like a little like third grader. Yeah. And like, I just remember like, that was like pretty much like my music for a long time as a kid. Um, and uh, growing up in, in like Boston and stuff, I'd say that like, I definitely, that was not like, I got made fun of a lot for that. Um, mm. But like, I, uh, as a kid, I definitely listened to old music. You know, I always liked old, older music. Um, there was a phase that I had where I was like, you know, when I first started learning guitar, I was like Nirvana stuff. But like, actually, when I started learning the songs, I like wanted musically something more like, just like, I don't want to play power chords. And I was like, what music doesn't have power chords, really? Yeah, totally. You know, and so that's, that's when I like, got into kind of older funk music. 
Would you consider yeah. the Grateful Dead more of a West Coast band? Because I know they're big and they're from the Bay Area, but like, does that sound translate to the East Coast? It does. I mean, they translate. They, I mean, they did translate like everywhere, obviously. Yeah. But I think that as a kid, like people I grew up with are like really like. I was like a hippie, you know, like yeah, it took totally. me a while to kind of like find my crew, you know, like, I don't <laughs> totally. know. Like when I moved out here, I realized like over the years, I've realized actually how punk, like the Grateful Dead are in a lot of right. ways for like what they were doing, like in terms of like just sound and like free distribution of music. Like they were the ones who invented like, you know, trading tape culture and all that. And, and totally. that's such a huge part of like, you know, the community I feel like I fell into, but um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I think growing up in the nineties, it was all about like really alternative rock stuff, yeah. you yeah. know, and I never really like, I never really like was into it so much, you know, but um, yeah, it took me a while to, like I said, like give myself permission to kind of like write happy songs. Like totally. I thought songs had to be like, really dark and like it took me a while to give myself permission to be like no like you can write like feel good music totally. like, that's okay you know like so i think that's like been part of my growth as an artist over the years is to like continually give myself permission to like be true to who i am and like i said like i'm like a goofy weird dude like i'm yeah. not like, i i i am like i like happy stuff you know i totally. like happy music I like feel the music. I also like really dark music, but like, you know, I'm just right now where I'm at in my life. I feel like a lot of what spills out of me is more. Um, yeah. Just more like. Yeah. Where I'm, yeah. Just no. Where I'm at my life. <laughs> no, I get I it, man. I, it, it, it makes grounded. The, so right it makes the sh at least for me it makes the live shows more fun like because i still play some of my older songs which is more of that like surf rock yeah. um kind of thing from the early 2010s i've been doing this a long time <laughs> so like I, I still play a couple of those songs live but there's a big difference of how i feel and how the audience feels they're like oh that was a good song and then i start doing the the more you know dancey stuff and and uh there's just an immediate like switch of energy. Everyone's like, okay, yeah, I like this. Like, okay, yeah. let's dance now. Like, okay, you know, and uh, it makes me feel good when I see people dance. I'm like, cause that was like kind of part of why I even started a band. I was like, I won't make people dance. Like I told my guitar player who we start, who I started this band with um, back in 2010. I was like, I kind of just want to make people dance, but like, I don't want to be a dance band, but like, I do want to make people dance. Like it feels good. Yeah. So, yeah. And again, it's like, I think it's just like being true to you. You right. know what I'm saying? It's like, you're like a dark person and like, you're, that's like who, that's like who you are. Be authentic to right. you. You know, like, that's great. Um, And like, I think that like, yeah, it's just like all about like, you know, when you're accessing like who you are as an artist, because it doesn't feel forced, yeah. you know, like when you're in that zone, you're just like, spilling versus like forcing and true yeah how exciting man all right yeah. we've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes we can start wrapping yeah. this up uh what's the best way for people to support johnny cosmo in this time um i guess just 
like yeah take a listen to the music as it comes out there's a lot of uh yeah i have a lot of cool videos coming out that oh, i'm cool. really hyped to share um and subscribe uh, to the yeah, youtube so, channel yeah youtube slime house whatever all that, all that stuff slime house uh, that's the name of my studio okay because um, i was gonna ask what what is slime house yeah slime house is the name of my recording studio here cool. slime house studio um and yeah, obviously, if you have any inquiries and like want to record or whatever, I'm I'm totally down. And I I do work on like a sliding scale for cool. people who want to record. Like if you want to record a song, I'll work on like you know a sliding scale with you to make right. that happen because I do really want people to be able to have access to uh, to getting their songs onto a, a file. Right. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, in terms of like the record coming out, yeah, check out you know, the Instagram and all that stuff. And that's where I'm going to just like post all the stuff and release it. So cool. And then yeah. pre-orders, are you guys accepting pre-orders? Right yeah, now for the vinyl? Pre-order, yeah. The pre-order can be found, uh, on, uh, the feeding tube website. It's just feeding tube And you'll see, you know, my name on there. Um, and there's links to that wherever you think they would be <laughs> yeah. where you think there, they you are. Know, they are. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're everywhere. I mean, I've tried to like make it as clear as possible. Cool. Um. So, uh, yeah. Dude, hell yeah! Thank you uh, so much for talking with me today, and this was fun. I love Thank your music, you. man. I can't yeah. wait to hear this new record. I'm really. I, I want to share my appreciation for also what what you're doing and in, in interviewing uh, people. I had no idea really about the podcast until you asked me, and afterward, I was like looking. I was like. This is amazing. So like, <laughs> thank you for doing thank you. this. Yeah, man, I just, you yeah, know, I just want to promote some people and, and have, you know, just have conversations and, and, uh, Absolutely. my favorite part is people realizing that these things that are going on in, in the everyday musician life is not unique to you. We're all kind of going through yeah. the ebbs and flows. This, uh, this yeah. album's amazing. I hate this album. Now it's amazing again. Like, it's just like, it ha- yeah. this is how it goes. Yeah. 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 Well, hell yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's like, I just appreciated this conversation because every time I get the opportunity to talk about like the process of my own, I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I'm like, I'm honing it in as I speak, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't really talk out loud about it all that often. True. So just to hear it loud is like, Oh yeah. Like that is what I'm doing. Yeah. So um, thank you much. And uh, yeah, I hope to, hope to chat soon. Thanks man. I can't wait to listen to the record. I'll talk to you soon. All right, bye.